0: Welcome to Set Free 24-7. My name is Robert, and I am so glad that you're here. Welcome, Heidi. Happy Friday to you.
1: Oh, goodness. It's Friday. Well, happy Friday. We made it.
0: (laughs) We are here reading through the Bible in one year, and we are so glad that you're joining us today. We're reading out of the Message Version. If you're just joining along, the Message Version Bible in a Year program is just a little different. It hops around a little bit. For those of us with ADD or whatever you call that,
1: I've got that.
0: It's beautiful. It works out well. Yes. But the best part of this is that it does give you some context and also shows just how well the Bible mm-hmm. works with each other, right? All those the books. The
1: readings. It's like pay attention to what you hear in the Old Testament and the New Testament and find those threads. Because I promise you the threads are there and it ties in that old to the new. And I love how this setup does that because I'm learning a lot. And my childhood meant Bible was drilled in my head, but I never understood it. And Mm -hmm. I'm learning it in a whole new way and it is making me kind of, you know, I'm kind of that Jesus freak now and I want to read this (laughs) Bible and I want to understand it properly. Sure. I think the biggest- Context is everything. I was going to say that context and understanding what it means in the setting of the culture at that time.
0: So we are so glad that you're on this journey through the Bible Mm -hmm. with us and we are starting out today in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 through 12. As always I'll have the verses and the text that we're reading out of listed in the comments below if you want to follow along in your favorite Mm -hmm. translation feel free, but otherwise just let us do the hard work of reading the Bible, put us on in the background, Maybe while you're driving into work, maybe just enjoying a cup of coffee. But we are so happy that you're here.
1: Yeah, this isn't going to be hard work for me today. I've got my brand new big print Bible.
0: If you need a big print (laughs) Bible, just like Heidi, I am going to put the link for this thing down in the comments. It actually is a very good Bible. It
1: is amazing. She got the
0: large print message Bible.
1: Did like the word of God is just like big and bold now. So (laughs) let's read.
0: Let's read. So Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 through 12. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, they climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel that you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment that you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He is the food and drink and in the best meal that you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being cared full, you find yourselves cared for. Mm. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart, put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens, give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do, and all of heaven applauds, and know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble.
1: I wish people (laughs) listening to us understood how unbelievably perfect that is for something we're kind of walking through right now it's not something that's happening happening to us personally sure it's just more something we feel called to help with and having this of all days be what we start with i know thank you god for that little god blessing there i i heard you
0: <laughs> there was a little pause moment in here uh, just on this specific set of verses so i'm going to read this real quick it says, God wills our happiness. Jesus is training us to live not in reaction to our sin and guilt, not in response to people stronger than we are, not in desperation by any means at hand, not to survive in a sea of cynicism and malice, and certainly not to live egocentrically with the self as center and master. He is training our minds and our emotions To live in response to the realities that are inherent in the kingdom of God. To live by faith and love. When Jesus came and began teaching his generation what is involved in a world ruled by God, not a king or an emperor or a general, he picked up the great word blessed. Happy and fortunate. God wills our happiness, he blesses, and there is no question about it
1: what can you think about that
0: (laughs) it's i know
1: oh that's exactly what i I needed to start my day
0: and i loved that set of just how it interprets that and how he rewrote that it's beautiful
1: i man that oh i woke up with a heaviness this morning and it's remarkable how that Mm. you know god can just kind of wrap that up and clear it out of your way so
0: Now we're going to bounce over to Acts chapter 6 and Heidi is taking over.
1: Alright, let's jump into the New Testament. Chapter 6, The Word of God Prospered. During this time, as the disciples were increasing in numbers by leaps and bounds, hard feelings developed among the Greek-speaking believers, called Hellenists, towards the Hebrew-speaking believers because their widows were being discriminated against in the daily food lines. So the 12 called a meeting of the disciples. They said, it wouldn't be right for us to abandon our responsibility for preaching and teaching the word of God to help with the care of the poor. So friends, choose seven men from among you whom everyone trusts. Men full of the Holy Spirit and good sense and we'll assign them this task. Meanwhile, we'll stick to our assigned task of prayer and speaking God's word. The congregation thought this was a great idea. They went ahead and chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nick Hanner, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a convert from Antioch.
0: And here you thought you're in the New Testament and you aren't going to get any hard names, and wham! <sighs>
1: I did not mentally prepare. I slaughtered those names, and I am so sorry, but good men, so. Then they presented them to the apostles, praying. The apostles laid on hands and commissioned them for the task. The word of God prospered. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased dramatically. Not least, a great many priests submitted themselves to the faith. How often do we read over a sentence like that and not realize what that says? The priests. These were the men who had been in place working in the temple, teaching the old ways. They submitted to and converted to Christianity. Right. That's a huge thing and we can so easily miss it because it's just a tiny little sentence, sentence, but
0: yeah, it was a transformational shift. Yes. In the church at that time. Oh,
1: it was yes. I mean, that would be like, I I can't even explain what that would be like, but it would cause great divisions in congregations if that were to happen today.
0: Or hopefully great unification.
1: That I would hope
0: for, because there's joy in that. There is joy.
1: Stephen, brimming with God's grace and energy, was doing wonderful things among the people, unmistakable signs that God was among them. But then some men from the meeting place, whose membership was made up of free slaves, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and some others from Cilicia and Asia, went up against him, trying to argue him down. But they were no match for his wisdom and spirit when he spoke. So in secret, they bribed men to lie. We heard him cursing Moses and God. That stirred up the people, the religious leaders and religion scholars. They grabbed Stephen and took him before the high council. They put forward their bribed witnesses to testify. This man talks non-stop against the holy place and God's law. We even heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth would tear this place down and throw out all the customs Moses gave us. As all those who sat on the high council looked at Stephen, they found they couldn't take their eyes off him. His face was like the face of an angel. Hmm. That just kind of gives me chills because, you know, again, Western Christianity and, like Lisa Harper says, our gentle Jesus with the white girl hair extensions, <laughs> and we see angels as these cute little cherubs. They weren't. They were fiery, fiery warrior, Mm. strong, I mean, you didn't look at an angel and say, oh, they're so cute. That isn't their job. They're not there to be cute. So I find, (laughs) yeah, I love it.
0: And now for everyone's favorite part of the segment, we are going to rewind back to the Old Testament. That's
1: right. Here we go. Let's go back to Psalm 10, God are you avoiding me? Where are you when I need you? Full of hot air, the wicked are hot on the trail of the poor. Trip them up, tangle them up in their fine-tuned plot. The wicked are windbags. The swindlers have foul breath. The wicked snuff God with their noses stuck high in the air. Their graffiti is scrawled on the walls. Catch us if you can, God is dead. They care nothing for what you think. If you get in their way, they blow you off. They live, they think, a charmed life. We can't go wrong. This is our lucky year. They carry a mouthful of spells. Their tongues spit venom like adders. They hide behind ordinary people, then pounce on their victim. I just need to stop there for a minute because this is a tough one. I shouldn't say it's tough. This is a powerful reading for me because it's telling me that God sees people who need help. Yes. Yes, God sees them. I'm truly thankful for this reading today because I needed it after the last two days. I needed them, and I'm thankful. Sorry about that stuff, but I just needed to collect a moment. It's been a heavy couple days for me. Whew. Okay. So... They mark the luckless, then wait like a hunter in a blind. When the poor wretch wanders too close, they stab him in the back. The hapless fool is kicked to the ground. The unlucky victim is brutally axed. He thinks God has dumped him. He's sure that God is indifferent to his plight. Time to get up, God, get moving. The luckless think they're God forsaken. They wonder why the wicked scorn God and get away with it. Why the wicked are so cocksure sure they'll never come up for audit. But you know all about it. The contempt, the abuse. I dare to believe that the luckless will get lucky someday in you. You won't let them down. Mm. Orphans won't be orphans forever. you want me to finish? No, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> yes.
0: I know this is hitting home for you right now.
1: This is hitting home real hard. Break the wicked right arms. Break all the evil left arms. Search and destroy every sign of crime. God's grace and order wins. Godlessness loses. The victim's faint pulse picks up the hearts of the hopeless pump red blood as you put their ears to their lips. Orphans get parents, the homeless get homes. The reign of terror is over, and the rule of the gang lords is ended.
0: Maybe someday on this podcast or another one, we'll speak about why this is so tough for Heidi to read. But, but in such
1: a great way. In just,
0: such a huge way.
1: This wasn't a negative read for me. This was a powerful read. I woke up this morning literally asking God to please show me. Just please show me that you are there for this group of, for people that
0: are abused, people that are victims, people that are victims of abuse sitting inside our
1: It's the fact that we don't choose this schedule. I mean, we're following a preset schedule in the sure. fact that this reading was put in front of me today yeah. speaks powerfully of just God and his good grace and he answers thank you God for that <laughs> so woo.
0: so we're gonna go all the way back now to Genesis. And I'll be reading chapter 25 and 26 to close us out here today. Okay,
1: I'm going to drink my coffee, wipe up some tears, and let's listen to some good stuff. man. I am so ready to get you can into be, my day. You
0: can be my hype man for Genesis. How oh,
1: let's do this.
0: All right. Got to encourage me through these names here. I got a few Ugh! names today.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm there for you. I know how to pronounce every one of All them. All right,
0: here we go. Show me some grace, people. Abraham married a second time. His new wife was named Keturah. She gave birth to Zimran, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan had Sheba and Dedan. Dedan's descendants were the Ashurim, the Letushim, and the Lumen.
1: Oh, you're so good. That's, <laughs> there are a lot of volumes in there.
0: Midian had Ephah, Epher, Hanok, Abida, and Elda. all from the line of Keturah. But Abraham gave everything he possessed to Isaac. While he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons that he had by concubines, but then sent them away to the country of the east, putting a good distance between them and his son Isaac.
1: Can I ask, if he loved his wife, mm-hmm. loved Isaac, and that was the golden child, golden boy. why did he feel the need to add other wives and have other children that he was going to send away? I'm so not understanding this culture, and I'm just going to say that it's confusing, but I'll get answers someday. It's okay. How can you love your wife and your golden child to say, oh, but I need some more of them.
0: And then I'm going to send and them away. And then I'm just going
1: to send them away. But I'm going <laughs> to give them some gifts, so I it's mean. okay, because I don't want them around the ones that I really like. Right. Oh, man.
0: I know. <laughs> Abraham lived 175 years, and then he took his final breath. He died happy at a ripe old age, full of years, and was buried with his family. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, son of Zoar the Hittite, next to Mamre. It was the field that Abraham had bought from the Hittites. Abraham was buried next to his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac. Isaac lived at Beer Lahai Roy.
1: I love the fact that both Isaac and Ishmael came together and buried him together. Mm-hmm. Ishmael had been sent away. Yeah. He sent him out into the desert and his yep. mother thought he was gonna die out there. Yeah. But he came and along with yep. the favored, perfect child that was so loved, he came alongside and buried.
0: This is the family tree of Ishmael, son of Abraham, the son that Hagar, the Egyptian Sarah's maid, bore to Abraham. These are the names of Ishmael's sons in order of their births. Wow. I mean... I
1: believe in you. Here we We, go. Here we go. I'm gonna just say this though. Yes. Men named the children. Wives didn't get to. Yeah. So this is this is the guy's fault. They I mean, did this.
0: Yeah.
1: See, mom wouldn't have done this. This
0: is word salad. <laughs> with names here. So Nibehyah, Ishmael's firstborn. Kedar, Adbil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Massa, Haydad, Tima, Gitur, Nafshish, and Kedama. All the sons of Ishmael. Their settlements and encampments were named after them, twelve princes with their twelve tribes. Ishmael lived one hundred and thirty seven years. When he breathed his last and died, he was buried with his family. His children settled down all the way from Havilah near Egypt, eastward to the Shur in the direction of Assyria. The Ishmaelites didn't get along with any of their kin. It is what it is. It is what it is and People, families are still I'd dealing with that today. I not have
1: gotten along with them either because they sent me and mom away, so.
0: So even back in the Bible day they had family drama.
1: They it's, sure did.
0: This is the family tree of Isaac, son of Abraham. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Arminian of Padan Aram. She was the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed hard to God for his wife because she was barren. God answered this prayer and Rebecca became pregnant. But the children tumbled and kicked inside of her so much that she said, If this is the way it's going to be, then why go on living?
1: I feel you, Mama. I feel (laughs) you. Oh my goodness. That paints quite a picture. Yes. For it to be that bad that you're like ready to just die.
0: She went to God to find out what was going on. God told her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples are butting heads while still in your body. One people will overpower the other, and the older will serve the younger.
1: Can you imagine the terrible twos? I mean...
0: (laughs) When her time to give... When her time to give birth came, sure enough, there were twins in her womb. The first came out reddish, as if snugly wrapped in a hairy blanket. They named him Esau, which meant hairy, his brother followed. His fist clutched tight to Esau's heel. They named him Jacob heel. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. The boys grew up, and Esau became an expert hunter and outdoorsman. Jacob was a quiet man preferring life indoors among the tents. Isaac loved Esau because he loved his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. One day Jacob was cooking a stew, and Esau came in from the field, starved. Esau said to Jacob, Give me some of that red stew. I am starved. And that's how he came to be called Edom, which is red. Jacob said, Make me a trade, my stew, for your rights as the firstborn. Esau said, I'm starving here. What good is a birthright if I'm dead? Jacob said, First, swear it to me. And he did it. On oath, Esau traded away his rights as the firstborn. Jacob gave him bread and a stew of lentils. He ate and drank, got up and left. And that's how Esau shrugged off his rights as the firstborn. That was a big deal back
1: then. It was huge, but I'm thinking he must have been a real good cook.
0: Or he must have been really hungry. (laughs) I mean, it must have been a good cook. For
1: lentils? Yeah. That's a lot to pay for lentils. I mean, you've, lentils. Done,
0: you've done some amazing things with beans, but I've never been at the point where I said, I'm going to trade my right. I don't know what rights I we have were, as a firstborn. Like but that stew
1: that we just had. Yeah, ago, that was that good. That was good.
0: So chapter 26, Genesis. There was a famine in the land, as bad as the famine during the time of Abraham. And Isaac went down to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar. God appeared to him and said, Don't go down to Egypt. Stay where I tell you. Stay here in this land and I'll be with you and bless you. I'm giving you and your children all of these lands, fulfilling the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I'll make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky and give them all of these lands. All of the nations of the earth will get a blessing for themselves through your descendants. And why? because Abraham obeyed my summons and kept my charge, my commands, my guidelines, and my teachings. So Isaac stayed put in Gerar. The men of the place questioned him about his wife. He said, she's my sister. He was afraid to say she's my wife. He was thinking these men might kill me to get Rebecca. She's so beautiful. Does this run in the family? I mean...
1: (laughs) honey. I don't want them to hurt me so i need you to be my sister and it means they might take you as a wife but we're just gonna have to do that because i don't
0: want to get hurt i mean god bless these women i love you babe love Uh, you it'll uh, be
1: all right after the famine i'll try to come get you
0: yeah god bless them one day after they had been there quite a long time abimelech king of the philistines looked out his window and saw isaac fondling his wife, Rebecca. (laughs) Oh
1: my goodness. Abimelech
0: sent for Isaac and said, So, she's your wife. Why did you tell us she's my sister? Isaac said, because I thought I might get killed by someone who wanted her. Abimelech said, but think of what you might have done to us. Given a little more time, one of the men might have slept with your wife. You would have been responsible for bringing guilt down upon us. Then Abimelech gave orders to his people, anyone who so much as lays a hand on this man or his wife dies. Isaac planted crops in that land and took in a huge harvest. God blessed him. The man got richer and richer by the day until he was very wealthy. He accumulated flocks and herds and many, many servants, so much so that the Philistines began to envy him. They got back at him by throwing dirt and debris into all the wells that his father's servants had dug back in the days of his father Abraham, clogging up all of the wells. Finally, Abimelech told Isaac, Leave, you've become far too big for us. So Isaac left. He camped in the valley of Gerar and settled down there. Isaac dug again the wells which were dug in the days of his father Abraham but had been clogged up by the Philistines after Abraham's death. And he renamed them using the original names that his father had given them. So, if he renamed them using the original names, how did he rename them? Is my question. What do you mean? If he used the original names, how is it renamed? Oh, that would be like because saying. Because
1: the Philistines, when they came in, had changed the names oh, when they the took best. over. So, oh. when he reclaimed and redug them, they he were he given understood. the original
0: names. Understood.
1: Good. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, there's. Learn something new every day.
1: It's in. You mean a woman.
0: I learn from a woman. Oh my goodness.
1: Oh, this is scandalous.
0: <laughs> one day, as Isaac's servants were digging in the valley, they came on a well of spring water. The shepherds of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's shepherds, claiming this water is ours. So Isaac named the well Etzek, which means quarrel, because they quarreled over it. They dug another well, and there was a difference over that one also, so he named it. Sitna, which means accusation. He went on from there and dug yet another well, but there was no fighting over this one, so he named it Rehoboth, wide open spaces, saying, Now God has given us plenty of space to spread out in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba, and that very night God appeared to him and said, I am the God of Abraham your father. Don't fear a thing because I am with you. I'll bless you and make your children flourish because of Abraham, my servant. Isaac built an altar there and prayed, calling on God by name. He pitched his tent and his servants started digging another well. Lots of well digging. I on was this gonna day.
1: say in that it was tough because they didn't have what we have. Like no. sides need to be shored up, men would be lowered maybe by a rope to get buckets and ah, like, I
0: can't even imagine. That oh. had to have been an event.
1: I wonder how many people died digging wells, you know what happened, or cave-ins, or... Oh.
0: Yeah. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Huzath his advisor, and Phicol, the head of his troops. Isaac said to them, Why did you come to me? You hate me. You threw me out of your country. They said, We've realized that God is on your side. We'd like to make a deal between us, a covenant, that we maintain friendly relations. We haven't bothered you in the past. We treated you kindly and let you leave us in peace. So God's blessing be with you. Isaac laid out a feast and they ate and drank together. Early in the morning they exchanged oaths. Then Isaac said goodbye and they parted as friends. Later that same day, Isaac's servants came to him with news about the well that they had been digging. We've struck water. Isaac named the well Sheba, which means Oath, and that's the name of the city, Beersheba, Oath Well, to this day. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Biri the Hittite, and Basemath, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They turned out to be thorns in the sides of of Isaac and Rebekah. And that's the end of chapter 26, and the end of our Bible reading today.
1: Ooh, we made it!
0: We did, and thank you for taking this little journey with us, and as we go along, I'm sure we'll sprinkle some little tidbits as far as, like, what some of these verses mean to us. Today was a little raw, Mm -hmm. and uh, just the timing. There's been a
1: couple this week that have caught me off guard in the rawness of it, and I just want to express that those pauses I sometimes have to take, the tears that you can probably hear are there aren't there out of sadness. It literally is a gratitude and a thanks to a God who even in the reading of the Bible on a daily basis gave me answers to prayers that sit heavy on me. So. It's actually just tears of gratitude Mm. that God was so good to me this morning and has removed the weight that I woke up with. So he's so good. Get into his word.
0: Amen to that. Mm. And on that note, friends, we're going to sign off here. Thanks so much for following along and just choosing to do this journey through the Bible with us. We appreciate the comments, the follows, the shares. We're just in the middle of growing this channel, and we are so happy that you are here.
1: We absolutely are. I absolutely love being here.
0: So I hope you have a good rest of the day today and have a great weekend. And we look forward to seeing you for day number 11.
1: See you next time.